Hey guys, so it is currently 4.54 p.m. right now, and it is March 2nd, and I'm recording this in the bathroom. Um, And for this podcast episode, I kind of wanted to talk about my problem with optimism. But before I get into that, I'm going to just talk about my, or not talk about, I'm going to do my 10-minute update where I talk about what I've been up to lately. So, what have I been up to? Um... Well, it's March 2nd, so that's something new. I feel like usually for months, people don't usually say anything, but people are like, oh, it's March 1st. Um, and maybe that's because like that's when the COVID cases started getting really big a couple of years ago. But um, yeah, it's March 1st. Nothing's changed. It's the same as usual. Um, yeah. That's, that's literally what's, that's what's been up. Um, I guess, well, what did I do last weekend? Okay, so I'll just go through my week because that's a way for me to talk about something. So last weekend, um, I hung out with two of my friends and we made slime. Um, we made bracelets and it was just a great thing because honestly, I don't do kitty things anymore. I don't do dumb shit. And sometimes it's just like when you're so stressed out and you're constantly doing so many things and you're like working and working and it's just like I'm doing so many things. When you de-stress, it's like full kid mode. And when I was younger, I didn't really need to do this as much. Like when I was a freshman, when I was in like eighth grade, I didn't need to do that that much. But now I'm just like... When I'm unwinding, like, I'm unwinding. Like, I'm doing the dumbest shit. I don't care. I'm making slime, which honestly isn't even that dumb. But, like, I'm making slime. I'm making bracelets. We were watching Euphoria, the play episode, um, while we were doing it. Um, I don't really like Euphoria, honestly. I I liked season one. It was, like, okay. And then season two, I didn't like, but I kind of just watched it because, honestly, the shock factor entertained me, but... Then I honestly just started getting bored towards the end of season two. Um, I feel like a lot of people really liked Euphoria season two, but I just feel like it was like all over the place. And I get that that's the point, but I just didn't like it because like I did. I don't feel like there's a lot of depth to Euphoria. It kind of just feels like drugs and sex. And there's not like a hidden message. I feel like that some, you know, how some shows they you know do their thing and they don't like explicitly show or say certain things like um i'm trying to find an example like okay i just finished little fires everywhere those had um without like constantly showing that there was racism you knew that throughout the show there was definitely like um a theme of like racism and a theme of classism and they weren't like consistently shown so super like exaggerated and stuff. And I feel like um, in Euphoria, there's only like a couple things and there's not like a bunch of themes. And so sometimes it can get like boring because it doesn't even really like make drugs like a theme to not do it or do it. It just kind of like glorifies them. And the whole show just like glorifies a lot of things and I just don't really like it. Um, and then with that, um, it's just, 
I don't know. Like, if I watch too many episodes, I'll kind of get, like, depressed. Like, season one, oh my god, y'all. I was, like, gonna jump off a bridge after I watched season one. Sometimes when you watch depressing things, you become depressed. Um, that's just generic emotions. Like, no shit. Like, if you listen to sad music, like, super sad music, you're probably gonna get sad or, like, stay sad. But, um, yeah. And honestly, I'm not... I just didn't like Euphoria. Like, it's it's not because there wasn't, like, themes or, like, it felt like there wasn't depth. depth. I just didn't like it because some shows have, like, zero depth and I still really enjoy them. Um, I guess Euphoria is just, like, not... It's just not for me. Um, and you know why I think Euphoria, a huge thing of it is, like, the aesthetics and, the like, the looks of everything. And I'm definitely more of a plot person. It's, like, um, some people kind of prefer the melody of a song and some people prefer just, like, the lyrics. Um, that's kind of how I am with shows. And I could definitely understand how a lot of people like Euphoria because it's creative. There's, like, visually, you're, you'll never get bored. But then, like, the plot itself, to me, I was just like, eh, this is mediocre. Um, and I'm, you know, it honestly kind of confuses me how people made fun of Riverdale so much, but they didn't make fun of Euphoria because Riverdale's like all over the place and you're like, what the hell? But then Euphoria is the same way. And I think people just don't say that for Euphoria because it's like the cool show with teens and people are like, oh, this is so popular, like whatever, you know? Um, yeah. And then I, yeah, I made slime. I put it in Starbucks cups that was pretty fun. Um, oh, and I never, by the way, I never watched the finale of Euphoria. I just didn't even care to. Um, and then, yeah, that was basically my weekend. Went back to school on Monday. Um, did my ting. Went back to school on Tuesday. Did my ting. And then I literally, like, on Monday, I was like, I have so many things I have to do. And I did all of them. And then, like, on Tuesday... I literally, I knew I had things to do. Like, I had two quizzes the next day. Like, I know I had things to do. Tuesday was yesterday, by the way, because today is Wednesday for me. And I literally, I just could my, I was, my body, I was just so tired. I fell asleep at 7 p.m. and woke up the next day. So I got, like, 12 hours of sleep. And I kind of need a lot of sleep. Like, the only time I can run on, like, really small amounts of sleep or when I'm just, like, super anxious or I just have a lot of tests and I, like... And I'm like, well, it depends. Because sometimes I'm like anxious as in like optimistic anxious where I'm like, oh, I'm so nervous to do bad on the test. But like, I'm going to do great, whatever. Like excessive, like studying. Y'all know what I mean. And then sometimes I'm just like anxious. So then it's like, okay, well, of course, not of course, but usually when you're anxious, you like um, are more awake. So like then I can deal with less sleep. But like lately I was like, whoa, bro. I was like, I... I'm gonna die if I don't get like this amount of hours of sleep and I only got like five or six for two nights in a row which honestly like for a lot of people that's a normal amount of sleep but for me right now I'm just like I at least need like seven or eight because the thing is if I get like nine hours not sleeping the next night but if I get six hours then I'm dead the next day so it's like this is unfair this is unfair what are you doing what's my body doing um yeah and then I finished a couple books. I don't know if I already talked about this, but I finished The Upside of Falling. Um, I don't even know when I finished that. Maybe like a week ago or something. Don't know if I talked about that. It was not that good. 
um i think that's like a popular tiktok book i was when i was at one of my friend's house um the when i was making the sign i was like looking through her books because she's like okay you could borrow some or whatever like if you want to and her books are low-key like half of them are just like book talk and so and honestly book talk books don't usually recommend like they don't usually interest me but i was like whatever i'll try the upside of falling i'm just assuming it's a book talk like a book tiktok book i don't know um or like one that's really popular on tiktok but yeah i was like orm this is pretty mediocre she also thought it was pretty mediocre and then I, right now I'm reading Here Lies Daniel Tate. Um, I really need to read So You Want to Talk About Race because I have that book and I literally forgot I had it. I'm kind of in a like, I don't want to read mood like this past like week, this past week or two. Um, so I have not been reading that much. Oh, and I also, I borrowed the selection from her collection um, that rhymes. Woo, that's so cool. But this selection I had always seen and heard about it I was just like I don't want to read this and then I was like wait actually it seems like kind of interesting because I don't know like I just I had a phase for like a year to two years of just like strictly like romance and drama anything that like wasn't that that like wasn't super super realistic I was like I can't read this like it needed to be so damn realistic that it was just like high school like the generic high schooler life I needed that and then the longer I read, the more bored I got of that because like every plot was just that. So then I like kind of branched out. So then when I saw that book, I was like, oh, okay, I'll give it a chance. Cause like, I really kind of get bored by generic plots now. Like the upside of falling is something like two years ago, I would have been like, I love that. Or like, if I was like 13, I would have been like, I'm obsessed. But now I'm just so fucking old. I'm 16 years old and I definitely prefer old people stuff um i'm being sarcastic if y'all can't tell um but yeah okay it's been 10 minutes and 10 seconds let's talk about my problem with optimism um so i generally honestly don't have a problem with optimism but i'm gonna basically talk about all the cons of optimism um because I was like, this, I was in my history class and I was like, this would be a great episode because I was like thinking about um, like romanticism and then I was like, okay, whatever. I'll just, I'll just start talking because I'm just gonna spoil what I'm gonna talk about. So the first couple things I wanna say about um, optimism versus pessimism, pes- pessimism, pes- pestimism, no pessimism. Okay, so. I was kind of thinking about this and I was like, why do people praise optimism so much? And one of the first things I thought about was, would you want your government to be optimistic? Like, would you want, let's say we're starting, like a war is happening. Kind of ironic right now, but whatever, we're going to roll with it. Let's say a war is breaking out. Would you want your government, or no, let's say a virus is breaking out. Would you want your government to be like, don't worry guys, it's not going to spread? Or would you want them to prepare for the worst and be pessimistic? Fill in the blank. I'm going to assume that you want your government to be pessimistic. You don't want them to think of the the best situation because you don't know if that's going to end up happening. And you want to protect your citizens. And... I was thinking about that and I was like, I never realized that optimism can really 
lead to denial. And and within that, I was like, okay, I was like, uh, I don't know how I felt. Okay, so like two weeks ago, I was getting annoyed at people for being pessimistic. Um, and I'm, I'm fucking moody. I'm a moody bitch. So yeah, you're exactly right. I switch viewpoints every three seconds. And let me preface this in this podcast episode. I honestly think we definitely need optimism and pessimism in our society, in our lives. I think we need a mixture of both. But for the purpose of this podcast episode, going to be talking about the bad things about optimism. Okay, so... Because I want to. So, um, yeah, a couple weeks ago, I was talking with some people and they were being very pessimistic. And in my head, I was like, okay, well, you're not solving any problem though. You're just like being a negative person. Like you're not trying to solve the problem. You're just, we had to, no, I can't give the situation away because I'm going to give the whatever. Okay, but I was like, you're just like basically talking badly about people, but you're not trying to help them. And so I was like, okay, well, being pessimistic can lead to the lack of solving problems, but then optimism can lead to just denial of the problem. And I was like, okay, so they're both bad? <laughs> like, what? But um, I think that within optimism, it's just so easy to be like, okay, like, this isn't here. Like, this isn't here. Or like, I'm going to do great. Like, every time I go in with an optimistic mindset on a test, I always do worse and I don't think and some people say like okay well if you're being pessimistic then you're just not even going to try and I'm like I understand the correlation between like okay well if I'm going to fail why am I even trying but I think being pessimistic would be more so like the way I think of it is just like okay I think I'm going to do bad so I'll like overstudy instead of being like oh you're going to do great like you're going to do great. You don't need to study. And we all have that person in our life that we've met that they're like the most optimistic person. Like, I know y'all have met somebody like this or like a teacher that's like, you guys are going to do great. Like, don't even worry like this and that. Or like, you don't, you're literally the smartest person. Like, you're going to do completely fine. And then you fucking fail it. You fail the test. All right. It's that reassurance they're giving you. It's a con. It is a mother tricking con. And, um... Yeah, like, optimism can just lead to you being like, yeah, like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna woo, you know what I mean? And then it's like after, and then you just become pessimistic anyways. But um, yeah, I guess that just shows like, okay, well, in your personal life, it could lead, no, in your personal life and just like society as a whole, it can lead to denial, which could lead to a worse outcome. And... Yeah, so another thing is I feel like it's a privilege to see everything as a good thing. If you're sitting here starving, why? how are you going to see the fucking good in everything? How are you going to see the good in everything when you don't even have food on your plate? And so this is kind of like, I'm going to get into romanticism. Because that was like the main thing that I was thinking of when I was thinking of optimism versus um, pes... Y'all, I didn't know how to fucking say pessimism, pestamism. Can I just call it like pesto? Pesto pasta, question mark. Pesto. Okay, optimism versus pesto. So, in optimism, I was, the first thing I thought of, yeah, was romanticism. I was like, 
and my huge there's a lot of things that I don't like with romanticism and I don't think people realize how many things are wrong with romanticization and it's not like when you're it's not like people think into every single thing so deeply nobody has the time for that it's not like every single topic that you or every single thing that you either do or like yeah everything you do in your day-to-day life you're thinking through like super thoroughly like most people aren't like that I'm not like that you know what I mean I don't have time for that and I don't think most people do but there's okay but whatever I'll just list my problems though aside of that because I obviously have thought about romanticism because I'm talking about it so uh, here's the first thing about it um very very whitewashed um romanticism is very whitewashed I don't know why anybody doesn't talk about that when I think of romanticism I think of okay the whitest people in Europe eating foods that are originated from Europe I've never seen anybody that's like um I'm gonna have like curry I don't see anybody romanticizing curry I've never seen anybody that's like I'm gonna romanticize my like um let me think shrimp oh wait no I was about to say shrimp chips because I've been eating them a lot but I'm like I don't think anybody's romanticizing any chips but like like pho noodles I don't see anybody romanticizing anything that's like like lo go shrimp dumplings where are y'all romanticizing that you know what I see get gets romanticized like um the whitest drinks or like the whitest like a croissant or something like that and that just makes me sad because I'm like okay can things only be romanticized if they're from a certain culture from a Eurocentric culture is that is that the only way that things can get romanticized and furthermore because that's one of the transition words I've learned in English and I use in my essays furthermore um there's like so much privilege and romanticism that nobody even realizes who gets to enjoy getting up and going to a bakery to get your croissant like who gets to do that who has the money to do that every single day and also how are you going to romanticize your life when there are just some difficulties that just like blatantly cannot get romanticized if you're if you have an eating disorder and you romanticize that that is such a problem like that is really sad and if you're if you don't have food on your plate if you don't have a roof over your head how are you going to romanticize that how are you going to see the optimistic side of things like yes of course it's important to be thankful but goddamn everybody that always says it's important to be grateful they have everything at their feet i've never heard somebody that doesn't have money that says be thankful because well okay i have i have but they haven't said it as in depth as somebody that has everything 
in front of you. And it's like, well, is it really that pessimistic to want things to survive as a human? Why should you have to see the good in things all the time? Sometimes things just not all parts of life are optimistic. And I would just feel bad if somebody just doesn't have the resources to even live like a normal life. A normal life as in um a life that you're not consistently struggling. I would hate to see somebody tell them, "Oh, be optimistic." It's kind of like when people are like, um, okay, well, I don't, I would rather have like happiness over like money or like something like that. And it's like, well, most people that say that, they've never struggled with money. How happy are you going to be when you don't have food on your plate for dinner? How happy are you going to be when you can barely afford where you live and maybe not even afford it at all? How happy are you going to be when you're homeless? And it's just very like tone deaf. And that's like the same thing with be thankful. Well, damn. Can you blame somebody for not being thankful when they barely have things on their plate? Like I said. Um, And it's, I don't know, man. And I think just another thing that is very bad with romanticization is... It can just lead to things never being solved. And wait, no, I kind of already covered that. So we'll just go over that. So another thing is it could just, it can be very materialistic. And, you know, there's there's enough problems with materialism in our society, especially the U.S. Do we really need that much more clothes? Do we really need to buy the prettiest, like, croissant I keep saying croissant because I'm just too lazy to think about anything else um do we really need to buy the prettiest croissant from the bakery down the street that's overpriced as shit no we don't need to do that and you know like I understand how how romanticization could help people but I also feel like it almost like dehumanizes people because all all the like TikToks that I've seen of people like showing me or just like po- it popping up on like YouTube or whatever, they're very just like they look very like character esque, like they're very put together outfit, very put together food or whatever. And like I said, not only is it very Eurocentric based, not only is it Honestly, 90% of the time, very classist. Like, it definitely, every time I see romanticization, it's like, has a certain picture of the way that you should live your life. And it just seems very, like, upper middle class, like, white woman um, or white male. And it's like, oh, no. Like, come on, man. Where are the other people? Where's the other 90% of the population? No, where's the other 95% of the population that doesn't live like that? And it just makes people want things, like excess things that they don't need. Like like I said, back to the materialism. Um, it just makes people keep wanting more. And there's enough of that in our world. There's enough of 
companies um, telling us we need this, celebrities telling us we need this, and a bunch of other people telling us we need to buy this, we need to do this, to do this, to live a fulfilling life. And, and it's like, do we really need romanticizing to increase that? And do we really need a preppy skirt outfit to be have an amazing life and i'm not about to like just shit on everybody that's like oh i'm but uh you know romanticizing things makes me really happy because it's like good for you if that does but it's just important to understand how like fake and made up and materializing if that's even a word that it can be and it is honestly yeah it is very fake because it's almost like okay let's just like suppress everything we feel romanticize like let's see the beauty and everything well you can't see the fucking beauty and everything it's like i remember in a couple years ago when it was super popular people were like oh acne is super pretty whatever this and that and i feel like i was the only person that in my head thought okay, but acne's not beautiful, and why does it have to be? It's just a part of your face. And I feel like if I told anybody that, they'd probably think I'm a bitch, but I don't think it has to be either. I think pimples are just pimples. Like, why does everything have to be beautiful? And I think it can make, it can lead to people feeling like, oh, I should always think that everything is beautiful about me. I should think my pimples are beautiful, and it's like, or I should think my skin is beautiful. And I'm like, I don't even think of it as a like a look thing at all. I was just like, okay, pimples are just something that like grows on your face when you don't wash it or like you eat badly or just sometimes it's just like hormonal and it's just a part of being a human and it's just something your skin does. Why does it have to be a beautiful process? You know what I mean? And romanticization it also like makes me think of kind of that like old money thingy. Like, let me wear like collars under my you know like the preppy look let me wear collars under my um sweater let me wear like cable knit sweaters let me wear just like you know rich people kind of like old inspired things and there's no problem with that it's just that a lot of people forget that these things may seem like super amazing but uh, there's a lot of really dark and just like bad things that people don't understand and just like I'm trying to correlate it I guess the like preppy style to romanticization because I feel like they are very similar um but like both of them romanticization and the preppy style they're both very inclusive um I meant sorry very exclusive um very you need to look like this you need to act like this you need to blah 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 and I, like most of preppy or most preppy styles are inspired by like old um rich like pe- people that used to be rich um like in the 19 like early 1900s versus like you know not like the influencers now or whatever that are rich but just like older people with like mansions and like white and like oh I went to Harvard and like shit like that and like very preppy but we have to remember that those things, they're just, 
very exclusive and they never really told us anything. They were just like, that stuff was just super shallow and people don't realize it. They just think that like, oh, like that's, it's so sophisticated, like that like old richness and stuff, but it's, it's not, it's just exclusive. And it's like, oh wow, that's so cool, Becky, that that's exclusive, that 90% or not 90%, but like a lot of people struggle and can't naturally just turn white and skinny and have a rich family or a rich parent or rich grandparents that support them, you know? And um, it's just like, I feel like we get fed so many ideals that we should or shouldn't have. And I'm making this podcast episode to share my own views that I, that could be close to what society says and could be not similar to what society says. And honestly, what I think about something should not sway or change somebody's opinion because these are really just my opinions. I'm not, I'm saying these opinions because they're mine, not because they're somebody else's. Um, but it's just important to separate yourself from like the norm or like popular things and like actually think about them. Um, because yeah, it's something similar or something simple, like, like I, like I've been talking about this entire thing, like optimism, classism, or not, sorry, not classism, but optimism, romanticizing, like preppy styles that may seem like harmless and stuff, but they're not. And whether we realize it or not, a lot of these things reinforce ideas of past things in that we never thought of. Like the, a lot of people in the blink of their eye would say, oh, I'm not racist. But a lot of these almost like ideals that we push out to people, whether we realize it or not, they are racially exclusive. And a lot of the things we put out are very classist. And a lot of the things and a lot of the aesthetics, I remember I made an episode on why aesthetics are harmful. This is honestly like half of a part two because like half of this about is about aesthetics I guess romanticization is an aesthetic right I don't know but like a lot of these things I guess just cause harm and reinforce ideas that most people don't want to believe in and back to the like old like um vintage rich family kind of vibe um a lot of people they prefer that style than like new influencer things and they just want to look like classic and rich or whatever and just like wear neutrals like um I remember I kind of wanted to be like that person like two years ago I just want to wear like neutrals and stuff um I'm still kind of a neutrals person honestly to some degree but that's besides the point I guess um what people don't realize is that those um people back in the day they don't have a clean record And I think people need to realize that because a lot of people say, oh, I wish we had like older celebrities like Audrey Hepburn or like Marilyn Monroe. And they're like obsessed with these old, um, like famous people. And what they don't realize is that they were just heavily filtered. Like we never saw the real them and influencers now. The only reason that they're different is because we see what they're doing all the time. And that's at least what I think. I don't think that the older rich generation was any better than the older rich, I mean, than the rich generation now. Um, I just think that the older rich generation had resources to hide things and there just wasn't a bunch of social media. 
And even now, like the older generation that is still alive um, and rich and just like that whole wealthy society, they're not any better just because they, they're hiding things. Like just because you don't see it, you can't assume that it's not happening. That's not really fair. That's not a fair judgment to say, okay, something's not happening because I don't see it, right? That's like, oh my God, that's like saying something is is like dumb. Okay, that's not dumb. Let me let me not be an asshole. That's like saying something like, okay, COVID's not real because I don't physically see it. But that's terrible because like that's a that's from a science point. But like, you know, that's like saying, okay, well somebody's super nice because I've only seen them being nice even though everybody might say they're like really rude right that could that's like the same instance of okay well rich people are are like super well there's I don't know how to explain this because there's like influencer rich and then there's just like um generational wealth I guess that could be a good word um to use but yeah then there's just like generational wealth and it can just seem generational wealth wealthy families like I said it can seem as a very classy thing but it could be a very dark thing and I feel like every time I think of generational wealth and like preppy like Ivy League kid I just think of suppressed like I just think of their whole life being suppressed in just like very robotic very like picture-perfect family um and it sounds dumb to be like repressed or suppressed or whatever the fuck word I'm I'm trying to say. That it might sound stupid, but honestly, like that's what I think, you know. And it's just aware to, or it's just good to be aware. I'm gonna wrap up this episode now. It's just like I said, it's just it's good to be aware that not everything is as good as it seems and. I'm not sitting here saying, okay, well, now do everything I say. Like, don't listen to your own point of views. Like, still listen to what you think. Um, And let's say, like, honestly, like, I'm definitely more optimistic than pessimistic generally. And I'm still going to stay this way. I think we need a mix of both in this world. But it's important that when you're being optimistic to make sure to not ignore certain parts of life that are happening or parts of society that are happening or just saying see the good in things because that's not fair you have to try to solve problems before you even are able to attempt to see the good in things you have to attempt to make things better and you have to be aware of the worst possible cases or the worst possible things that are happening to be able to make them better so yeah I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. I hope you guys got a new perspective because that's like my biggest aim when I'm recording these podcast episodes to just give a new perspective um, and entertain people. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. And if you like this podcast episode, you should definitely check out some of my other ones. And I hope you guys have a good day, good morning, or good night.